Section 39 of the Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 11, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. The Thirteenth Night of the Month. When the even evened, the king sent for the wazir to his sitting chamber, and bade him tell the promised tale. So he said, Hearkening in obedience, they relate, O king, the tale of the dethroned ruler whose reign and wealth were restored to him. There was once in a city of the cities of Al-Hind, a just king and a beneficent, and he had a wazir, a man of understanding, upright in his read, and praiseworthy in his policy a minister in whose hand was the handling of all the affairs of the realm. For he was firmly based on the sultan's favor and high in esteem with the folk of his time. And the king set great store by him and entrusted himself to him in all his transactions by reason of his excellent management of the lieges. And he had guards who were content with him and grateful to him. Now that king had a brother, who envied him and would leave have taken his place. And when he was a weary of looking for his death and the term of his life seemed distant, he took counsel with certain of his partisans and they said, The minister is the monarch's counselor, and but for this wazir the king were kingdomless. So the pretender cast about for the ruin of the defender, but could find no means of furthering his design. And when the affair grew longsome upon him, he said to his wife, What deemest thou will Garas gain Heron? What is it? I mean, in the matter of yonder minister, who inciteth my brother to worship with all his might, and biddeth him unto devoutness, and indeed the king doteth upon his counsel, and establisheth him governor of all monies and matters. True, but how shall we devise with him? I have a device, so thou wilt help me in that which I'll shy say to thee. Thou shalt have my help in whatsoever thou desirest. I mean to dig him a pit in the vestibule and conceal it artfully. Accordingly, he did this, and when it was night, he covered the pit with a light covering, so that when the wazir trod upon it, it would give way under his tread. Then he sent to him and summoned him to the court in the king's name, and the messenger bade him enter by the private wicked way. So he came in alone, and when he stepped upon the covering of the pit, it caved in with him, and he fell to the bottom, whereupon the king's brother fell to pelting him with stones. When the minister beheld what had betided him, he gave himself up for lost. So he stirred not for a while and lay still. The prince, seeing him make no sign, deemed him dead. So he took him forth and wrapping him up in his robes, cast him into the surges of the sea in the middle night. When the wazir felt the water, he awoke from the swoon and swam for an hour or so, till a ship passed by him, whereupon he shouted to the sailors, and they took him up. Now, when the morning morrowed, the people went seeking for him, but found him not, and the king, learning this, was perplexed concerning his affair, and abode unknowing what so he should do. Then he sought for a minister to stand in his seat, and the king's brother said, I have for a wazir an efficient man, said the king, bring him to me. 
So he brought him a man whom he set at the head of affairs. But he seized upon the kingdom and threw the king in fetters and made his brother king in lieu of him. The new ruler gave himself up to all manner of frowardness, whereat the folk murmured and his minister said to him, I fear lest the Indians take the old king and restore him to the kingship and we both come to ruin. So if we seize him and cast him into the sea, we shall be at rest from him and we will publish among the folk that he is dead. And they, agreeing upon this, took him up and carrying him out to sea, cast him in. When he felt the water, he struck out and ceased not swimming till he landed upon an island, where he tarried five days finding nothing which he might eat or drink. But on the sixth day, when he despaired of his life, behold, there passed a ship. So he made signals to the crew, and they came and took him up and fared on with him to an inhabited country, where they set him ashore, mother naked as he was. There, seeing a man seething, he sought guidance of him, and the husbandman asked, Art thou a foreigner? Yes, answered the king, and sat with him, and they talked. The peasant found him clever and quick-witted, and said to him, And thou beheld a comrade of mine, thou wouldst see him the like of what I see thee. For his case is even as thy case, and he is at this present my friend, quoth the king. Verily thou marked me long to look at him. Canst thou not bring us together, me and him? Quoth the husbandman, with joy and goodly gree. And the king sat with him till he had made an end of his seething. When he carried him to his homestead, and brought him in company with the other stranger, and behold, it was his wazir. When each saw other, the twain wept and embraced, and the sour wept for their weeping. But the king hid their affair and said to him, This man is from my motherland, and he is as my brother. So they homed with the husbandmen and helped him for a hire, wherewith they supported themselves a long spell. Meanwhile, they sought news of their partial stead and learned that which its people suffered of strainness and severity. One day there came a ship, and in it a merchant from their own country, who knew them and rejoiced in them with joy, exceeding and clad them in goodly clothing. He also acquainted them with the manner of the treachery that had been practiced upon them, and counseled them to return to their own land. They and he, with whom they had made friends, assuring them that Almighty Allah would restore them to their former rank. So the king returned, and the folk joined themselves to him, and he fell upon his brother and his wazir, and took them and threw them into jail. Then he sat down again upon the throne of his kingship, whilst the minister stood between his hands, and they returned to their former estate. But they had not of worldly wealth. Presently the king said to his wazir, How shall we continue tarrying in this city, and we thus poorly conditioned? And he answered, Be at thine ease, and have no concern. Then he singled out one of the soldiers, and said to him, Send us thy service for the year. Now there were in the city fifty thousand subjects, and in the hamlets and villages a like number. And the minister sent to each of these, saying, Let each and every of you get an egg and set it under a hen. They did this, and it was neither burden nor grievance to them. And when twenty days had passed by, 
each egg was hatched, and the wazir bade them pair the chickens, male with female, and rear them well. They did accordingly, and it was found a charge unto no one. Then they waited for them a while, and after this, the minister asked of the chickens, and it was answered that they were become fowls. Furthermore, they brought him all their eggs, and he bade set them. And after twenty days, there were hatched from each pair of them thirty, or five and twenty, or fifteen chickens at the least. The wazir bade note against each man the number of chickens which pertained to him, and after two months, he took the old partlets and cockerels, and there came to him from each man some half a score, and he left the young partlets with them. Even so, he sent to the country folk, and let the cocks remain with them. Thus he got him whole broods of young poultry, and appropriated to himself the sale of the fowls. And on this wise he gained for him, in the course of a year, that which the kingly estate required of the king. And his affairs were set right for him, by the cunning contrivance of the minister. And he caused the country to thrive and dealt justly by his subjects, and returned to them all that he took from them, and lived a grateful and prosperous life. Thus, right counsel and prudence are better than wealth, for that understanding profiteth at all time and seasons. Nor, continued the wazir, is this stranger than the story of the man whose caution slew him. When the king heard the words of his wazir, he wondered with the utmost wonder, and bade him retire to his lodging. End of section 39 Recording by Isam el-Arabi